There is hope for us yet. We are young, we are wet. I am Holly Whitaker. And I am Laura McCowan. And this is Home Podcast. It is the latest we've ever recorded. Well, for you, I've done late. I think I've done, well, I've done like early. Yeah, you've done very late and very early. Um, so yeah, it's 1 a.m. and uh, in Boston, and it's 10 p.m. in Fresno, where I am, where I just arrived at the U-Haul. Success! <laughs> oh my god, I'm alive. Um, yeah, and so we are very quickly introducing the episode for this week, uh, the interview that we did with Elena Brower. Yeah, yes. So we, uh, so for folks who may not know, Elena is a very well known uh, yoga teacher. She has been, um, she trained with, you know, the, started training with the masters, I guess, in early 90s, late 90s. And she uh, teaches on Yoga Glow. She had published a book called The Art of Attention, which is a beautiful book. Uh, she teaches workshops all, you know, all over the world, um, but at Kripalu and all the places you might expect. Uh, and she is someone that I've followed for quite a few years. Um, and I follow on Instagram and about a year ago, I noticed that she posted that she was clean, sober, uh, for just it was just a, a month maybe and I you know took took notice of that and I think I told Holly or um or someone else told you we both we both noticed and then uh, started to kind of track her journey there and noticed that she was sharing about it and um that is why we brought her on and you have your own your own interests and reasons too but so excited about about this conversation, I think it's really important, um, and and just a really, she, you know, being a teacher and um, and a yoga teacher specifically, and uh, her her addiction was pot, which is something that we that, that Holly really identifies with, and that we we both felt need to needed to be addressed, and has its own. What would you say? Yeah, no, I really, you know, I, I haven't followed her as long as you followed her. I think you followed her as a yoga teacher. I've, I've followed her. I, I knew of her, but I didn't really follow her and, and um, wasn't that closely uh, familiar with, with her and her work. And what triggered my attention was actually posts from Gabby Bernstein that um, when that with her in them when she was just first starting to uh, do Gabby's course or Gabby's book May Cause Miracles and so um, and then I think you said something to me but it it caught my attention that she was essentially somebody that was already in the spotlight and was discussing her addiction and yeah. so uh, I love this interview for a couple of reasons and one the first one and the biggest one is because it does get into no can you hear my alarm <laughs> everybody that's what my phone alarm sounds like uh, i'm leaving that in i'm not editing that shit i've already been sleep sleeping yeah 
Okay. No, I really loved um, – I love that we got into talking about marijuana. And because it's one of the – it's one of the addictions that's not really seen as an addiction. Uh, it's seen as and, – and, you know, you and I have discussed this at, not at length, but we've discussed it. And it's come up. Yeah. It's, it's mm. almost seen like it just – it's not take. I don't think it's a, it's taken as seriously. And also, it's no, not it's really not. as well understood. And yeah. – so it's we get into talking about that, and I love that because this is her main addiction. And for me, even though I had a, a, a you know a terrible addiction with alcohol, the the thing for me that was the hardest to give up was was pot. And so I love that we get into discussing this. And then I also really love how we get into talking about what has opened up for her from removing this from her. She was already successful. By, you know, by any measure, the woman was already successful. Yeah. And we get into talking about how this removing this from her life has allowed her, you know, her essentially her career to take off and, and for her to step into her own. And so I love it for that. And then I also love that we get into talking about Kundalini a little bit. But. It's a great interview, and I'm excited yeah. to share it. And me too. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. so let's let you get back to bed. All right. Here's Elena. Good night. Hey, Elena. Hello. Hi, ladies. Nice <laughs> hey. to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much. No, thank you yeah. for being on. I think this is awesome. I think it's it's really great. It's going to help a lot of people to to hear this side of your story. So thank you. Yeah, it's time. Thank you. You're welcome. It's definitely time. So we will uh, we'll just jump right in. And I will Actually, say really quick before. So when you say it's time, so you've I've seen your thing on Rebel Society. I've seen your you, you had a two part series on Rebel Society. And then you also did. Um, I mean, you've been posting about this on your own social media. Have you actually done an interview about this, about about addiction at all? Or is this a few times, okay. a few times. Okay. I've right. done uh, an interview with Shannon and um, uh, Alex from Soul Feed. Awesome. I've done, I'm about to do Tommy Rosen's Recovery ah, 2.0. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm finally really ready. I have a year and a few months under my belt. I have uh, several sponsees, unofficial sponsees, and um, it feels amazing. I've tripled my income in the last year since awesome. getting sober. Oh, my awesome. God. Well, we have to talk about that. That's yes, we do. Yes, we do. It's very, I'm very passionate about it now that I understand how much time I was wasting uh, thinking about getting sober and being mad at myself and getting high and then getting low and I I have much to say on the topic. Good. Wonderful. Well, we yeah. have tons of questions. So, yeah, yeah I um I've been following you just as a teacher and uh and a, a yoga teacher and a writer and um I have art of attention and uh, I noticed in it, it like I sat up in my bed about a year ago when you posted to Instagram that you were sober. And mm. I think you had, you had, we were, we're right around the same timeline. Like I have, um, about 15 months mm. and I sat up and I wrote, like I commented on it right away. And I, th I think I texted Holly and I don't know why it was so exciting for me because, um, for many reasons, but fast forward to now. And I said, we have to get Elena on, on the mm -hmm. podcast. And so, mm -hmm. Holly and I together, and Holly and I actually met through Instagram too over a year ago. So oh, it's just so such nice. a cool and through yeah. and through being uh, sober and through claiming that we were sober and talking about our own stories. That's how we met. Yep. So yeah, right. So I love the way that this world works, and uh, it's just special that you're here. So thank you. 
You're most welcome. So how how did your addiction kind of unfold? I've read, I'm going to ask as though we don't know the answers, but I've read, you know, the pieces that you've written, but how did your addiction kind of unfold in your life? Um, you know, we talk about pot as being your favorite connection to your truth. And it sounds like that was your primary addiction. Can you talk us, you know, through the evolution of that? And, and were there other substances involved? Um, it was when I was 15, I had my first uh, experience with marijuana. I've tried almost everything except for heroin, things like meth, mm-hmm. really hard stuff. Um, but I've tried almost everything, and I really didn't care for anything else other than marijuana. That was my favorite thing. And I was convinced for the better part of the last, you know, almost 30 years that with periods of time where I wasn't smoking at all, there was about a four or five year window where I smoked nothing whatsoever because I was conceiving and having my baby and then breastfeeding. And I was very respectful and very glad to be nowhere near it, frankly. Uh, It wasn't a real trial for me to be done during that time. I was on mission to make this person. I really did. Um, and he's awesome, but it was, it was just the, the way that I, it was the way that I connected to myself. It was the way that I stopped working. It was the way that I connected to God, truth, spirit, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it was a really good excuse to not stand in my own greatness. Um, it helped me sort of stop myself from shining really super brightly. It stopped me from making great money. It stopped me from uh, seeing myself as a true entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. as somebody who should and could really earn a fantastic living. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet I persisted because that was my break. (laughs) That was the break that I took in the middle of the day or in the mornings mostly, but sometimes in the middle of the day, depending on when I was going to be uh, teaching, which would always be a time when I would not be smoking. I yeah. could not <laughs> do that. Yeah, that just was not working for me at all. The idea of it was just dangerous, so I never did that. Um, what I did do, though, is uh, after I would drop my boyfriend and son off in the morning, or you know, find some time around 9, 10 a.m., to just puff it up, go out on the roof, chill it out, spend a few hours. You know, I did some great writing, and I, I usually would have some really nice insights and good practices even, um, but I was never able to kind of uh, synthesize everything that I was learning into um, conceivable, not just products, but courses, teachings, and then I wasn't actually studying enough also because I was ashamed. And so I wasn't feeling ashamed like... Ashamed of what? Of, of having an addiction because mm-hmm. I knew in my soul that I did. Damn. And I knew every day I was saying, okay, this is it. Yeah. This is the last day. And then every morning the next day I'd be like, oh, just one more time. Dang it. And so I couldn't put myself in front of my teachers for periods of time. Because I was so ashamed. And then when I finally got close to being done, and a few people came through and said some very important things. One was uh, Gabby Bernstein saying to me that, you know, Elena, I really see you doing some big work in the world, and I can't, I want to teach with you. She said, but I can't see you doing your big work if you're still smoking weed. (laughs) One. How did she know that you were smoking? Curious, how did she know that you were smoking? I was very open about it. Yeah, okay, okay. sober. 
She's yeah. sober. And now part of my soul is calling out all this time to the folks that I know are sober, calling out yeah, to Tommy, totally. calling out to Kia. I was always calling out to my sober friends and trying to figure out what, what, what do I need to hear? What yeah. should I do? How do I stop this train? Yeah. How do I get off this damn train? And, and then Rod Stryker said to me something like, you know, you really can't, uh, I have it here. I should go get that notebook. You, you really can't um, do your practices if you're being swayed by substances. Yep. You know, something like this. And um, it was just, and then there was something that I read from Yogi Bhajan that said that marijuana causes a drought in your body and in your brain. Oh, wow. I've never heard that. I, I, um, when I read, I listened to your, your spoken word poem a bunch of times and, um, and through what you're saying right now, I'm thinking about Dr. Wayne Dyer and he basically said the same thing. It was about alcohol, but he heard from many of his teachers, including Abraham Maslow and, um, who talked about self-actualization that if he truly wanted to do the work he was meant to do here, that mm. alcohol had no place in his life. No and place. he wasn't, you know, he just drank a few beers every day. It wasn't, it wasn't, he wouldn't classify as an addicted person in today's society. He wouldn't, he didn't look like it. He didn't talk like that. He was, he was a teacher already. He was an established author, but he reached a point where he, his teachers all said to him that, and I, it was such an important message for me to totally. hear that because it was, like that I it it really solidified it as as being that important like I couldn't have the party and the the social you know what I thought is like the cool social edge of you know wine and whatever and do the things I wanted to do and it was that stark like that starkness was yeah. something I needed to hear so yeah. I, I totally get what you're saying yeah you can't you can't expect spirit to to reach you if you have all these roadblocks yeah. right but we don't you know we um oh, we fight so hard to keep it um because it's for many reasons but it feels it feels like spirit that's why i was fighting yeah. <clears throat> it really did feel like spirit to me yeah you know? I, and I, i've i've done so many other things and been so many places where partying is just a part of the scene and the culture and um places that i love people that i deeply respect um, and I can now finally go back to those uh, environments and be fine. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so, be fine. But, but there's no, the, 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 to just complete that point, there is no way that spirit, real, real spirit was reaching me um, until I really cleaned up my act. And I feel like it took several months before I was able to get some really good insights. Oh, yeah. Uh, about my work and about my learnings and my understandings com coming and going just really, it took some time. Yeah. So you said that when, do you, so what was the difference between when you were not using, when you were <clears throat> conceiving and you were um, having a baby and breastfeeding mm -hmm. and, and this time, because yeah, what was the difference? Cause did you there is no difference. There was the same purpose and the same direction. It was just baby you know, life. And this is about empowering myself, empowering other people. I have a few businesses that I love and, um, and teaching. 
-hmm. Did you have it in the back of your mind though before that it was on the other side? For sure. Yeah. For sure. I did. I really did. I knew that it was coming. I I had enough examples around me and I knew that it was coming. I just didn't know how or when. And you know, it finally, it finally landed in the right way, but I, I definitely fought it for a long time. The, the last year, I would say, <clears throat> was a period of time when I knew full on, I knew I was reading all the books. I was reading Gabor Mate in, mm. in the realm of Hungry Ghosts. I was reading Tommy's book. I was reading Gabby May Cause Miracles. And then I finally, to quit, I had those three books and I had Gabby's book. I would start it with day one. I didn't tell anybody I was quitting. But I started with day one and I did like a social media post every morning yep. for May Cause Miracles, mm-hmm. day one. And it was really cute. And nobody knew that I was quitting. <laughs> I had a beautiful <laughs> time. It was super cute. I, I had a great time. I really created some lovely, um, you know, posts. And I remember the time because it was, uh, I, I, I felt very connected to the art making of mm-hmm. social media. And it taught me about it taught me, first of all, that I never want to give that up to anyone else. I'm never going to hire somebody to do that for me. Oh, really right. Yeah. yeah. And it taught me that it's my privilege, not yeah. some job, to do a post every day, maybe two. Yeah. And it also showed me that I don't need to get paid. People yeah. send me gifts sometimes, and I will post them if I like them. <laughs> but nobody, I, people have offered to pay me for social media and I don't take it. Yeah. It's the Oh strange. God, that's a whole other conversation. It's a whole um, other conversation. But yeah, it's, it's, um, that's that time of getting sober really taught me about the art that was available to me in my life through my work and through social media. And I'm making the point only to say that, um, to the teachers and to the, to the folks out there who feel sort of enslaved by having to post every day, if you make it into an art form, it becomes a real joy. Yeah, I really yeah. enjoy it in the morning, come looking around my home and coming up with fun things to post and say and write and do and yeah. think about. Yeah, totally. It's no, so agree. funny because I do marketing for my career and I don't, it is, it feels like a different animal to do it for this. I, yes. I get total joy from doing it for this, whereas my work feels like work. Yes. That's how I know what the difference is. That's how I figured out what the difference is. True. So I resonate with that a lot. Yeah. 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 It's really nice. Um, One thing I want to go back to, because so you, Mm. this is what I love about your story. So I used, I stopped drinking and I, my biggest issue was pot. Um, I stopped drinking first. I had an extreme problem with alcohol, but I also had a really big issue with pot. I started smoking at 15, just like you. And it was something that I used for a really long time. Um, And so but I love how you used, and this is actually what drew attention, um, drew my attention to what was going on with you, is that you used May Cause Miracles. And so, and like I used that. I started, she released it in 2013. I had already read two of her books as I was attempting to quit. Um, I'd read Spirit Junkie and, no, I can't remember the name of the other one. Um, but then this came out on January 1st, 2013. And it was actually like the, it was the, the path out for me. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about how May Cause Miracles actually helped you 
um, like what it did to release you from addiction specifically. And then also if that was all that you did or if there was other elements so that it can, you know, there's a lot of people that are listening to this that actually struggle with pot addiction. And it's like, it's Mm -hmm. a bit, it's a bit different than alcohol. There's not, it's not as understood. There's different reasons that we're driven to it and different effects that it provides. And it seemed like harmless by a lot of, you know, there's just all this other stuff that kind of comes along with it. And so I think people that are listening to this really want to hear how you actually broke the addiction and then also a little bit more about how, why May Cause Miracles really helps you with that. So the book actually gives every day for 40 days and 40 days is the amount of time that it's said to break or change uh, any habit. Yeah. So it gives something to focus on every day. And what's funniest is I've bought it four times, given every single copy away. I'm looking at my bookshelf right now, and I can't even find it. <laughs> yeah. So it's not here. I've given it away. I've also given away Gormate's book, In the Realm of Hungry Ghosts, because that one would have been great to pull out right now and, and quote from. Um, the truth is, it just gave me something to do. And I care deeply about my friendship with Gabrielle. And she was with me. I told her. She was with me 100% the whole way. She would text me, I would say at least every third or fourth day, how you doing, mama? (laughs) How you doing, mama? She was my meeting. She was my blessing. And that was how I did it. That's that's the honest truth. I've uh, not been to a meeting other than before I got sober to just sit in and watch, Um, mainly because I have a whole support system here. My boyfriend Mm -hmm. quit at the same time that I did. He Uh was more of a drinker. Yeah. Not not terrible, but he definitely had an issue and was using it to escape um, realities. Yeah. And uh, aside from that, I would say the only other thing that really helped was that friends, dear, dear friends of mine, some of my best girlfriends actually joined me almost instantly mm-hmm. upon seeing the change in me. Yeah. They quit? Yeah. Yeah, they would because they didn't, they didn't, they saw, as I said, almost immediately that something was different about me. You know, it was no longer, no longer was I preoccupied with what was next out right. there. Where was it coming from and who are we going to be with and when? Right. Right. Now it's just like, I can be here in the moment. My worst addiction now is my work, which I love. Right. Right. And so they all, they sort of got on the, on the train with me and it was the, the loveliest thing. You know, I had two, two, three of my friends who were, if they, if they didn't quit entirely, they quit mostly. And when they were with me, they were definitely very um, supportive and, and would, would not yeah. smoke. Or we used to, that was what we did when we got together. Um, to answer the other part of your question, which is like ringing in my mind, um, the pot addiction is something so insidious because it's, it's almost like a, it really feels... And there's brain um, science to, to, to point to this, but it really feels like you're getting closer to yourself when you're That's high. Right. That's right. What it does is it slows down the clock in your, no, it actually speeds up the clock in your mind so that you can, you can parse out, um, oh, I might be saying this wrong and I want to get it right so badly, but I don't know where the notes are. I have it in a notebook and I have, of course, dozens it's something having to do with time where the clock in your mind changes. So everything around you feels as though it's going more slowly, but in fact, everything is going more quickly inside of you. I think that's what it is. And it's why when you're high, your heart's very, your heart rate is really right. going fast and you're right. sort of, you know, really kind of heightened 
Yet everything feels so slow. Yeah. Around I, you. Is that making sense? Yeah. I mean, I was, I smoked, I mean, I smoked very, I mean, at the end I was smoking morning, afternoon, evening, night. I used it to like start my day for my creativity. I used it to get through boring things. I used it to fall asleep at night. Um, <laughs> so yeah. And not a lot of people understand this. Um, not a lot of people and like, Laura does not understand this. And it's just like, it's just pot. There's always this, it's just pot. But my drug seeking behavior with pot, if I didn't have it, the amount of insecurity I felt, the amount that I would freak out about it. Um, and how many times I tried to quit and failed. It was one of the hardest things I've ever pressed through. And one of the things I love about what you say is I used it. I would use it before I mean, I quit, I quit alcohol. I got super into meditation. Um, I went through um, kundalini training. I would show up at my kundalini training high. And what I was finding is I would use it because I felt so like major. it brought me, I know, right? One of my teachers knew. Like, they knew I was struggling with this. They were wonderful. They were wonderful. Yeah. I, would, I studied in an ashram. But I, mm. would, I would use it to feel closer to, to God, exactly as you say. I felt like it opened up a place in me, but what was so interesting is as yeah. I was going through it, and as I actually started to feel these like higher levels of, of meditative states and this, like, and this actual closeness, was that when yeah. I would smoke, I would hit like a ceiling. There would be yes. this place, and I would be like, I can't feel it, I can't feel it. Like These places that I would get to when I wasn't high, I started yeah. to actually physically feel myself hitting this like ceiling of feeling that connection. And for me, that was what did it in the end was I did not want to, well, first of all, so many things did it. Like my lungs were coughing up shit, but there was just yeah. this place yeah. of not, of not hitting it that I wanted so badly and that I was just no longer willing to sacrifice. And so I love that you say that you think that you're, you're getting closer to God. You do, but at the same time, you're not, it's a counterfeit and it's, and it's a low, it's not a high. So. And, and, and there's also, that's very well articulated, great point. Um, it's also that you're, you, get, you do get high, but it's, mm. one of my teachers said you never get high enough. Mm -mm. No. It's the same no. with alcohol. It's the it's same. The same. It, it is. It's I mean, I thought that that's what I was doing too. I wanted all that connection and, that's and, right. um, and it, it was all here. It's on this side, but I didn't. I didn't know that. And the, the thing is, like you said this in your poem, it does work. It works. That's why we do it. It works until it but, doesn't. <laughs> but, but, it, but it drops you. Uh, you know, it, it ends up dropping you. It never, it doesn't stay. Yeah, Sri Swami Sachidananda says all artificial highs come with, um, come with artificial lows. All artificial and a, highs. And a high them. cost. At a high cost. I'm going to quickly grab my um, yoga, my kundalini teacher training manual because I think it's worth it. <clears throat> to have a look at it and read that that segment of it because it's so stark. Did you do it at Golden Bridge? Nope. No. I did my Kundalini training, uh, teacher training with Hari Kaur. I'm actually a third of the way into it. I didn't finish um, at the time because I was still getting high uh, like you were, but I wouldn't get high for training. That was That's very brave of you. <laughs> Very enterprising. I was, um, I couldn't finish because the combination of getting high and doing kundalini was giving me eczema and all kinds of uh, overly heat, overheating um, yeah. symptoms. We could talk about it ayurvedically for days. Right. Now but I we don't need to. 
I stopped. Um, I stopped about three months into my training. I talked to. I was working. Um, who was it in particular? And one of my teachers and I just worked on it together, and it was it was help. I mean, I wouldn't. It was what helped me end up quitting. Yeah, the truth. The truth is, I'm I'm just going through my um, my teacher training manual right now because I want to find the notes that he makes on um, on drugs. But the one thing that I did find is that the two laws for the Kundalini Yoga teacher one is the law of deliverance that we're responsible for delivering the student to the infinite, not to us as teachers. We're responsible to elevate the student to the awareness of the infinite within them. That's right. I can't do that when I'm high. And I knew yeah. it too. I circled it at the time and I was like, oh, I That's can't right. do right. this. And the second law is the law of sustenance. Keep up. Once you are the representative of a student's higher consciousness, never betray that projection. That's right. Oh. That freaking killed me, if I must say. Mm-hmm. Killed me. Never betray that projection. It was like, oh, only wow. once a day. Can I do it Ever right. Oh, my God. Be like the spirit, he says, steady, timeless, graceful, and trustworthy. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I love yeah. that. I will have to, um, I love that last one, especially never be- betray that projection. I'll have to post that when we post this. Page 264 in the Aquarian Teacher. It's an expensive manual, but you know what? It's well worth it. And if you have it, Holly, you can just take a picture I have of it. it. Great. So, okay, so this is wonderful and we're veering a little, but, um, but this is perfect. So what was, was there a moment, was there a thing, a, a, a specific time that, that it, um, you know, that, that you said I, this is happening, you know, you said you had many stops and starts and you had lots of trials, but what, what kind of made it stick? In terms of a, in terms of a time that. I could identify as the moment I knew I had to stop was this, I think it was just one day I went up on the roof and I knew that it was the day and I smoked everything that I could. <laughs> I swear. I had tobacco, I had marijuana, I rolled it all up. I must have smoked like three or four joints. It was a day that I had nowhere to be and nobody to answer to and my son was with his father. And I just, oh, I just grossed myself out. And I knew, I certainly knew that day that that was it. Yeah. Um, I, I was also, I, I was quite volatile with my child around that time. I remember feeling really ashamed that I was losing my temper all the time with him. And I know that that's something that people don't typically discuss. But marijuana yeah. makes us very volatile, very um, unreliable when it comes to our emotions and I was unwilling to go forward like that. It was really shameful that I couldn't control my temper with my child. And he was, he deserves better. Yeah. We yeah. talk about that here for sure, because I have yeah. massive, you know, that's, that was um, both the impetus for me to get sober and, uh, and my most shameful part of my, my drinking history yeah. was around that and I think as mothers and I'm sure for you and I know I know you've talked about it um and you've written about it but the 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 biggest gift to of being sober for me has the has been the change in that relationship and I didn't realize how away I was from from my daughter yeah and um she, she how old is she she's six so she was yeah no you caught it right on time good for you <laughs> good for you 
But oh, that's really good. There's a lot of mothers out there, you know, who whose sons are like who, 20 and or, you know, like that have re- like aged old kids. And I think it's also important to say that like even even then it's really important that we at any time when we change our story, we have an influence at any time. And I will also say my kid was already nine. I mean, he was past the point of the quote unquote cooked and done yeah. seven year old, yeah. you know, my benchmark. But I will say, you guys, those of you listening, I was very honest with him from the moment I realized that I had to quit and, the, and the, every single day that I was quitting, I told him what I was doing. He was in it with me 100%. The day uh-huh. that I started quit, the day that I quit was the day that I started writing that 15-minute, 12-minute spoken word piece. Yeah. He was with me every step of the way. He listened to me rehearse it all the time. Oh. I know it by heart still. And he knows what addiction is. He knows what I was before and after, and he's well aware. Um, And I recommend strongly that if you don't feel comfortable, you ask for somebody's help, but talk to your children, make sure that they understand what you're going through, and help them to understand why it's so important to be honest about these struggles that we have. All right. Oh, I love that. Um, I found some notes uh, from Yogi Bhajan. Drugs, particularly cocaine, but all drugs, prevent the parasympathetic nervous system from doing its job. Now, that's the part of your nervous system that is in charge of calming you and, right. and creating conditions of healing. Um, marijuana, in particular, severely affects the functioning of the brain. It's like running an engine without oil. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, just for a second, take that in. Since it interferes with spinal fluid circulation, mm-hmm. it also lowers testosterone levels mm-hmm and reduces the number of connections between neurons in areas that affect memory and motivation. Yeah. yeah. So serious. And I think it's so important to note, so Yogi Bhajan, he's the founder of, of Kund- there's Kundalini Yoga by Yogi Bhajan. He founded it in the 70s, late 60s, early 70s in the United States. Um, and he was specifically very interested in, um, in, in addictions and breaking addictions. And so he not only did he, did he found this yoga that can be used by, for all sorts of things, but he also specifically ran um, his own recovery modality. Um, and it's something called Super Health, if anybody's interested in looking at it. Um, and then also Gabor Mate has his, own, um, has his own recovery. Do you know the name of that, Elena? Um, uh, it's, it's called a In the Realm of... Oh, I didn't know there was a book. By- no, he, he runs a program, like a teacher training for people to help break addiction. And I'm not going to be able to remember the name of it. So I'll post it and I'll look at it later. But Kundalini is, I mean, that's why I learned Kundalini, just because it helped me break my addiction. And it is, it's a really, really wonderful practice for breaking addiction. So. There's, um, there's a note about imagining the body as a high-performance automobile. You would, give it, you would give it only premium gasoline to run it smoothly. You would bring it to the service station frequently for oil changes and preventative maintenance. You would love it, and you would take good care of it. We must treat our body at least as well as we would treat that car. That's right. It's the only vehicle we will get, and it is, in fact, designed for high performance. And the, the, the connection that I've had to this... Sorry. And the connection that I had to this was initially through Tommy Rosen, who did, in fact, learn from Guru Singh Kundalini to beat his own addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the, 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 there's a full circle right yeah. there. Yeah. So full. Paul, do you want to ask a question, a question about from your friend? Um, 
I kind of do, you but can. I, I also, yeah, but on. you know, what I'm really interested in, I'm really curious of, so my friend has, one of my friends has followed you. She recently came to your workshop here in San Francisco. I don't know if you remember this. That's she was a woman. Name. Her name, oh, I can't say her name. Like her question is, what is it like to evolve online? Like, how does that, how does that feel to go through something, especially like this so publicly? And for me, my question is what I see and what my suspicion is, is that this is becoming and, and I think you've even said this, it's, this is like your purpose and this is like your cause. And so I, my curiosity is not only how does it feel like to evolve or, you know, in public, in the public's eye and go through something like this, but also you know, my, you know, am I right to say that this is this, like actually speaking up about your experience, speaking up about addiction, removing the stigma and also really promoting people to give it a shot. Um, is that, do you feel like that's, that's becoming, um, part of your purpose? So doing it in the public eye was actually of great benefit to me because it helped me stay accountable. Yeah. That's the truth. I'm just vain enough that I care <laughs> that, that, you know, I, I complete the mission. I, I come through on my word. I keep my word. Yeah. The, um, the second part of the question regarding this being my purpose, this is one of my purposes. I have many, and I keep a short list right here um, close to my little workspace of the girls whom I'm with in this process. Um, some of them are on my doTERRA team. Some of them have been friends a long time. Some of them are yoga teachers. But they've all in some way reached out to me and said, I need your help. Yeah. And I want to I say that I'm so grateful that you're talking about this now because I've been having this struggle for X number of years, months, whatever it is. So it's definitely one of my purposes. And I could not be more honored or proud to be part of it because every time I watch somebody do it, their whole life. Oh, Jesus. isn't it the best part? I can't even. Yeah, the greatest. We yeah. See people actually change in such a profound way. And we don't do that. We don't. I think you probably do maybe teaching yoga because um, I know tra big transformation occurred for me when I started to practice. But it's so it's so incomprehensive when someone gets sober. Yeah. And their family changes and their their everything, their work changes. Their it's one of the most amazing things that I've ever seen. It's why I've, I have always said I love going to meetings because you see people uh, they change so quickly and so profoundly. You know, on all spectrums too. People that um, were dying and people that just you know really wanted to change their lives. And so mm -hmm. yeah, I get I get excited to to talk about that. It's and beautiful. I think like one really important thing that you said, and this is something that I found with a lot of the clients that I've worked with as a sobriety coach, um, but just in a lot of the people that have reached out to me, there's a, there's a concentration of it in the yoga world. And I think that's so important to stay because people are attracted to yoga for the self-transformation. And a lot of times that self-transformation is the same reasons that we're attracted to other substances. We want to transcend. And so we end up in yoga classes or we end up in yoga trainings. And I want to say in all of those cases, there's a special shame around this because you believe, especially if you're a yoga teacher, right? You're up, you're, you're in this position of, of projecting something, like you say, like you quoted Yogi Bhajan. And I think that there's a lot of, there's a like a, a special shame or a different shame around struggling with addiction when you're a yogi or when you're a yoga teacher. And also, it's 
where you might find a lot of people that are struggling with it because they're in that for the same reason. It's why yoga and recovery go so well together. So this is true. This is totally true. I found the last note that I was looking for. All Yay. This time. <laughs> Page two, 250. A um, couple things. Uh, smoking marijuana. This is a very strong statement, but I underlined it the first time I read it, knowing that it was going to be someday my my saving grace. Smoking marijuana is the sickest thing on this planet, he oh. says. This is a very <laughs> huge statement. Yogi Bhajan saying this. It's a, this is a huge textbook of so many potent teachings. When you smoke it, it stimulates the brain cells and it constricts the spinal fluid, creating a drought condition in the skull. The only positive use of this marijuana is that it can be used as a remedy for severe digestive problems and for pain. Mm. A juice is made from the green leaves mixed with almonds and milk. It takes away the pain if you're a terminal cancer patient and normal drugs cannot help you. You can get high on marijuana. You are dying. If there's no cure, this might be the only thing that takes away the pain. He talks about clearing the effects of drugs with sadhana. Mm. All of these sadhana is a uh, spiritual study. It's, you know, anything you do, it might be some sort of ritual, but it's really anything you do toward you connecting to your spirit that is not uh, laden with substances. Mm -hmm. All of these drugs, stimulants, uppers, downers, including sleeping pills, control the opening and closing capacity of the working of the brain's metabolism. It is permissible to take a drug only under medical emergency. Otherwise, in any normal functioning brain, when you take drugs, you make it function abnormally. Many people who stick to sadhana have been found to be totally clear of the effects and abnormalities created by the use of drugs. An abnormality includes any physical, mental, or spiritual abnormality. This is why sadhana has been designed to cover these three areas, physical, mental, and spiritual. We want to dispense this every morning with the idealistic thought that the person may gradually benefit from it. You are not a miracle. You are the product of sadhana. Mm -hmm. I feel like only Yogi Bajan could get away with saying that. You know, like <laughs> if you if we were if Holly was to come out and say something like that, or you, or anybody right now, it would be such. Uh, there would be such like. When it's coming from someone who spent many, many years drug-free, decades mm -hmm. drug-free, who really has had the experience of transcendence, you know, thousands, hundreds, millions of times, whatever the case may be, several times a day, I'll listen. Totally. Oh, I love I'll it. No, I love it. I would, not, I would not be making such claims because I have so little time and I like to be very respectful of the sober, sober community and, you know... I know that it's every day, one day at a time, but I really feel uh, very connected to this as, as one of my strong missions, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Yeah. Can you talk about the, I love the line in your poem where you say um, the, ge the generation of escape artists and that we can... Turning these generations of escape artists into folks who really care about ourselves, I can do that. Uh, like um, it is, I would say the best thing to think about would be the concept of lineage. And it's something that I work with a lot as a coach for the Handel group where <clears throat> we think that we've had all these particular behaviors. They were foisted on us by our parents. We do this because of them. I blame them for this thing that lives in me. And the truth is we actually on some soul level chose to take any behaviors or tendencies or traits from our parents 
and put our own little branding on each one. Now, the question is, are we going to evolve this trait, this tendency, this habit, or are we not? Simple as that. And when we do, because we can, we are evolving it for generations of people behind us. Every time. Every single time I make a choice that's better than the one that I was making previous, I'm not just evolving myself. I'm not just evolving my kid who's coming after me. I'm evolving all the people that came before me. That's right. And I'm changing, changing the story. That's right. I love that. I love that so much because this is true. We pass on. Like there was just something that I was watching. What was – oh, um, there's a video called Pleasure Unwoven. It just talks about the brain – like the pure brain science of this, like epigenetics. And it talks about how we pass our recovery on to our children. We pass like these things that we do, we actually pass on generationally. And so we can actually change the story completely by our own practices and by our own changes, which is just a phenomenal thing to consider. It's – it's everything. Well, it elevates this whole thing into beyond, you know, we, I know I certainly thought I wasn't hurting anybody but me, but I, I you know, when right. I was drinking or, uh, and I think a lot of people feel that way and that not only that, but you deserve it and not really seeing or, um, because I wouldn't have known this, but the thing that, the thing that was hurting me the most was that I wasn't contributing. I was, I had my purpose I wasn't living into any sort of purpose, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't know, I really didn't know until, you know, I, the, the, um, exposure to the Wayne Dyer sort of talk about it was the first time I thought, oh, that's how big this is. That's how big, you know, this quitting this addiction or getting rid of this addiction is or recovering is, is my, is allowing myself to contribute. Having a mission, having a purpose—it's it, it taking away all those veils. So often, every almost every time, I would imagine reveals the purpose underneath all of it. Yeah. Uh, oh, and the concept of deserving. By the way, you mentioned. Yeah. Let's be very clear about this. All of you who are listening, if you're listening right now and you feel like you deserve that drink at the end of the day, or you deserve that puff at the end of the day, or you deserve it earlier in the day smiling. Um, Please know that you deserve actually to have a high functioning body and a high functioning mind. And you deserve to have a brain that is clear and eyes that are sparkling and skin that is glowing. That's what you deserve. That's right. I had someone say to me, it was one of the the few things that really shocked me when I went um, (laughs) to a meeting. Uh, Everything was shocking me, but this kind of sunk in because I'd never just the way it was said. And she said, you deserve a sober life. Mm. And I thought it was so, Mm. such an odd thing to say. It just kind of shook me. But, um, but yeah, it's, those are all symptoms of a sober life. The things that I mentioned. Totally. Exactly. Exactly. Benefit, uh, by factor. Yeah. By of having, of being sober. Oh, chapter four of my book, by the way, I'm just about to do a little, um, piece on it for the relaunch of the book and I have the I have the page open it's the first page is it's called explore your highest possibilities it's very apt and it says your choice be an unconscious slave to your habitual tendencies or be a conscious servant to your highest possibilities Mm. love it yeah you're relaunching art of attention yeah there's a, a publisher called sounds true they're really um 
Um, they do all Pema Chodron's work. And Mark Nepo, Nepo, Nepo. I don't know. I don't know either. It's just so great. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell anyone I don't know this, but I read. I have all his books right here. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Listeners yes, will forgive they are, us. They are incredible. I'm actually very, very uh, honored to be a part of that organization. And they're relaunching the book. It's actually the fourth edition, but they're doing a, a, a relaunch with some tweaks and some really beautiful um, some really beautiful proje- itinerant projects going on around uh, it. Can you talk about what's next? for you like yeah 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 I've got um I've got a couple courses coming through this year one Mm -hmm. is with sounds true a beautiful meditation course a really long form both lecture and practice which I've been working on for months and it's like every morning when the sun is rising that's what I'm working on unless I'm working on yoga glow which I work on often I love yoga glow yes I love your work on yoga glow You're so welcome. Those classes are being designed all year long. You and Steph Snyder have been my saviors on Yoga Glow. She's my hero. I love her. Yeah, I did my vinyasa training with her. I loved the interview that you did with her on your website. It was. She's awesome. She's badass. Yeah, badass. That's that's the perfect word for mm-hmm. her. Yeah. Um, another course that I'm doing is I, I have two audio meditation courses out. I believe in audio over video at this moment. Um, because I like listening to things more than watching them, mm-hmm. mostly. Mm-hmm. And so I have two meditation co- courses out now. One is called Art of Attention, which is um, the first one that I did, which is a four-week course, really nice, beautiful. The second one is a seven-day course called Cultivating Spiritual Intelligence. And this third one, as yet to be named, is a meditation course for parents. Uh, lovely. And this one is right from my heart, and it's slowly eking out of my heart mm-hmm. on onto a page right now into a notebook. And over the course of this year, I'll do it. But I only do one of those. Um, the the ones that I'm making myself, I can only do one a year because it's yeah. so it's so important that it does it right, that it happens right. And um, the sounds true one will happen this year, but probably not be released until next year. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. I love, I can hear sounds true in my head before I start I know. A, a Pema Chodron ta- uh, you know, talk or tape. So I think that's yep. just what they, yeah, it's like what Ken, they do Ken Wilber too and some others. Um, yes, exactly. It's that woman's exactly. voice. It's that very, yeah, very like sounds, sounds true. true. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's Tammy. Tammy, the founder. She's oh. I love her voice. Uh, all right. So one of the last questions, we're, we're getting out of time here. Um, one of my favorite, like this is one I'm really excited to ask um, because I think this is one of the things that so many people attach themselves to pot specifically about is, and alcohol, um, creativity. And I know yeah. you, you mentioned that you used pot for the creativity and as did I. Um, and I'm just, I'm curious how, how that works for you now. What is your creativity like? now and as opposed to then how has that changed i, I think can, it's a, i think can it's i a add a little piece to that too like what what was there an in-between also like a, a relearning of that no i think it's a total myth that pot makes us more creative i think yeah. it's just a, an excuse that we use to convince ourselves that we should get high again <laughs> that's all i have i have like i'll tell you right now that my space is so much more organized I've thrown out so much stuff that I thought whilst high that I needed to keep around, which has freed up so much creative energy in me 
to create these courses that are not only just incredible and really truly from my heart and the heart of everything that I've learned for almost 20 years, but that are actually really abundant, yeah. not just in terms of financial, but also they are causing change. Right. People write me all the time saying, wow, this course really helped me. It really gave me a meditation practice. It really helped me be more consistent. Thank you. Thank you. You know, they're just so grateful. Yeah. Do you feel like it's because your product is just more integrated? Like what you're producing is more integrated? Because you can pull off all these little pieces. But for me, it's like when I'm giving something, it's like it's integrated. My insides match my outsides. And there's not this like little rub of shame or this little these pieces I missed or that's fair to say yeah that's fair to say something like that I think that's true I think that's true the integration is there and there's there's all there's a in the Handel method we talk about in personal integrity which is defined as the mm. the heart the mind and the body all pointing in the same direction mm -hmm. yeah. yeah that was one of my favorite lines in your poem was saying now I can make everything sacred and uh, I'm sorry if I'm butchering this I'm now I can no, make everything sacred and not shred my in, in my integrity every single day yeah you have listened to that a lot i have <laughs> those, those the way i said it like that's actually the inflection yes i know i loved it. it it really it really helped me and i actually had a um a yoga i did my yoga teacher training about 10 years ago i did a couple of them and one of the women that i studied with um we can kind of close on this note but i think mm. it's just a beautiful wrap up is she mm. she uh emailed me about two weeks ago and said hey I um I realized that my time has come I have to get sober um and thank you so much for your work and um she did your your method is she is it Handel method I don't yes. you know Okay. So she, the, com the company's called the Handel Group H-A-N-D-E-L. Okay I wasn't oh. familiar but she said that that was one of her sort of stepping stones to, to getting there. And um, she teaches yoga for um, trauma recovery. And mm. she, um, t she out of the blue messaged me last night and said, hey, uh, I, I want, or, uh, no, I sent her your meditation. I sent her your, your spoken word um, piece. And she said, you've got to be kidding. That was when I listened to that the first time, that was when it all gelled for me that, that this is what I need to do. And, oh, wow. I, and I said, I'm talking to her tomorrow. And she's like, you've got to be kidding me, you know, completely freaked out, called me and said, she's, she has been, you know, she's really changed. She's been my yoga crush for like 10 years. That's the best. Thank you for saying so. Yeah. If you can put us in touch online, that'd be nice. I will. I absolutely reach out to her. That's she would be elated to hear. From Don't so surprise her. Send me her email so that I can surprise her. With I, will. I will. Nothing. Nothing big. I'll just write her a note. It'd be very sweet. It would. It would mean a lot. She's just starting on this path. So. Good. Good. Yeah. Fill me in on the details when you email me her email. I will. Okay. Good. Any more questions, Paul? I know we're at the end. of No, the I think this has just been. It's. I mean, I. I value beyond all else your honesty on your path and your sharing your willingness to share with so many people that need to hear this mm -hmm. and see this and have an example. Um, and it's just your, your path is so unique, especially since you have for so long been a yoga teacher and been on the wellness side. And I just, I thank you. I thank you for being a really big, strong, beautiful voice in a community that so absolutely needs role models. And so. 
Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate that. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to every everyone, everyone that comes in touch with us. It's mm. it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. Thank you. And and we will um, we'll we will post this to next week, and we'll let you know where it is and when it's up. And uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you guys. Thank Have you. a beautiful day over there. I hope you see many more hawks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My eyes are trained on the sky. I'm just watching. Thank you so much. Thank you. 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 Thank